Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home. Your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything. And your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock. Fingerprint tap i'm inside and honestly i also feel way safer it's got this awesome built-in camera so whether it's a package delivery or late night uber order i see exactly who's there right from my phone there are no more mystery knocks and the best part this thing was such a breeze to set up there's no wires there's no drilling uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees so if you are done fumbling with your keys because i definitely am search for eufy video lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock your front door, your sanity. I just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to the Success Story Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Clary. On this podcast, I have candid interviews with execs, celebrities, politicians, and other notable figures, all who have achieved success through both wins and losses, to learn more about their life, their ideas, and their insights. I sit down with leaders and mentors and unpack their story to help pass those lessons on to others through both experiences and tactical strategy for business professionals, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Without further ado, another episode of the Success Story Podcast. All right. Thanks again for sitting down. I am with Mark Seiden, CEO of Cloudwater Brands. Um, so Mark has a really impressive resume. So he was the former co-founder and CEO of Onboard Informatics, uh, a self-funded real estate tech company uh, that pioneered a dissemination of online real estate data to companies like Zillow, Trulia, Chase Bank, Coldwell Banker, Realtor.com. Uh, he's been an advisor to companies such as Clout, which sold for $275 million. Nabewise sold Airbnb and Scout Ventures, early stage VC fund. Uh, he was a founding board member of Torch, a nonprofit organization that worked with underserved uh, New York City high school students, um, giving them career and uh, professional advice, mentoring, guidance. And also, he is uh, he's obviously a, a huge hockey fan, founding ice hockey coach in the Harlem, a nonprofit organization based in New York City. Again, working with uh, inner city kids to promote education and work ethic through hockey. So just an all around, you know, really, really well balanced, really well balanced guy, um, serial entrepreneur. And, uh, and now he's in, he's in CBD. So, you know, I'm really curious to know your story, where you came from, how you got to here. Um, but thanks. Thanks so much for joining me, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, appreciate that intro. Um, I've been around a little bit, so <laughs> the resume gets a little longer, but, uh, yeah, the balance is, you know, as we talk about themes and life balance and what success really means, 
that that's something that I've always strived uh, to do. Um, thanks for having me. Um, you know, on behalf of the whole team, I get to represent the team, uh, but it's you'll see it's not about me. It's this amazing team I work with. Uh, so yeah, I mean, a lot of things you know date back to my roots of in New York City. I'm born and bred New York City kid, and had an interesting uh, upbringing. Uh, my parents were opposite ends of the spectrum. My mother was this creative, artsy type. Uh, my father, um, you know, a brilliant guy, uh, actually scholarship to Columbia Law School. But at some point, uh, he obviously had this bug in him. He said, screw this, uh, I wanna start my own business. And uh, in a basement, very much like my uh, onboard informatics, he started a business. And uh, I watched him scratch and claw and, you know, uh, work really hard and you know it's interesting is he passed away when I was young and he didn't get to see through the success of his company and after his death the company actually went on to be successful and you know part of living in both my parents honor was to kind of carry that and it stayed with me and uh, I, I remember after you know college I was working two jobs and we don't come from you know many means at all so always always worked hard I was working uh, in a law firm. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer and also bartending at night. And, and um, one of the partners said to me, you know, this is not for you. You should, you know, go, go do something. You're too talented. You're too this. I didn't really realize that. But that really set me on a path to, uh, you know, at a very young age, start, start my own businesses. And, you know, a lot of people say I want to be an entrepreneur. I never said that. Like I said, I never wanted to be in the CBD business. It was kind of like an organic process for me, right? And, um, you know, the great thing about some of my successes is that my failures were the tuition to that. I've made an immense amount of mistakes in my life, but uh, it's great when you can kind of dust yourself off. And, I'm, I've, you know, I've done plenty of that in my life. Um, and that led me to uh, starting an early stage VC company. Uh, and I started to make some investments uh, in companies. And that was great uh, because I found out that I didn't want to be passive. There was one particular company, a data company, that uh, I made an investment in. I was really intrigued with the model. And I, I remember going to the founder and saying, you know what, I'd rather join you and, and work with you. And he was like, great. And that kind of set me off on my experience. I was probably 22 or 23, 23, 24 at the time. And um, that company didn't make it, but uh, uh, I met a guy during the time and we loved the model. And we said, hey, let's do this on our own. So we went to another basement, just like my father in the East Village, and we self-funded you know, this company called Onboard Informatics. And we were pioneers in an interesting uh, industry. We were first movers and we were both broke and failure wasn't an option. And we, we built that for 16 years. Uh, and we sold it and, you know, uh, not retirement money, uh, but it's, you know, kind of, you get a little badge for finishing and you get a couple bucks in the bank and actually made me hungrier for more. And, you know, all the while, um, I was also raised a certain way that, you know, that giving back, uh, even if you don't have a lot, uh, you give the most precious thing that we all have, whether it's me or Bill Gates or you is our time. And, uh, I started to learn how to invest a lot of time and, in things that really interesting, you know, interested me. As a New York City kid, I grew up with a very diverse group of friends. 
So uh, that's what New York City gives you part education. And it was important to me to work in the inner cities. Uh, there's so much talent and, and passion and, you know, things that, uh, you know, those of us who have a little bit more conformity in our life can give back. And so I'm very proud of, the, you know, those moments in my life. But, uh, and that's helped me balance. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that kind of brings us to today. Uh, I can just pause for a minute because that, that's a long trail back, but, uh, you know. No, it's good. It's very good. And, and I like that, um, you know, when you first built out this company for 16 years and then you sold it, that's an incredible success. And like you said, it's not, it's not going to stop you from working for the, the rest of your life, but it's still something to be very proud of because there's not a lot of people that can commit 16 years of their life to their own thing and say they've come out successful. A lot of people don't even get that far. So that's very impressive. But it's nice that you took that and for two things that I brought out of that that I guess are, are really telling of a personality, a really strong personality. The one thing is you still wanted to do more. You still wanted to do something else. But the other thing is even after a success like that, you, you, you mentioned it's not retirement money, but it still gives you the ability to, I guess, expand your scope and, and do other things. And not everyone, you know, I have a, a nice little a list of, of these things that you've done over your career here that, you know, I, I, I reviewed and I was reading some other interviews and whatnot. And not everyone lists, um, regardless of whether or not they're doing them or they're partaking in them, like the nonprofit work, the, the extracurricular work, the things that from a business perspective wouldn't traditionally be considered something you'd list on your resume. But I think that it's very important and it's telling that these are right up there, like your t the, the Torche and then like the, the nonprofit work in, uh, in Harlem with, uh, with, the, with the hockey, with, I guess, uh, Harlem A. I'm not sure what, uh, if that's the name of the league or whatnot. But just the, the sorry? Ice Hockey in Harlem it was the name. Oh, it's, it's actually called Ice Hockey in Harlem. I was getting confused. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's Ice Hockey in Harlem. Uh, and then I said, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's Ice Hockey in Harlem. So um, I guess that's the name of the organization. So the fact that you've listed those off as, as those are like points and those are things that you, you know, you want to represent yourself with, I think that's very good. And I think that that's, I guess, you know, the, the key to happiness, key to success. Um, you're still doing what you're doing. You're still building out a huge brand. You're, you're successfully building out a company, um, but you're also making sure that there's other things in your life. And I think that's something that regardless of, you know, that's a, that's a lesson like right off the bat I want people to sort of focus on because I think right now, um, I think right now people are very stressed about their careers and whatnot and everyone's focused on work, 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 work. Um, and that's fine because obviously you want to put food on the table. You want to keep, you know, a roof over your head. But uh, there's other people that are even in worse situations, regardless of global pandemic issues, 24-7, 365. So I think that that's something that we have to take into consideration when things get a little bit back to normal and when we you know, have the luxury and we're not as stressed as maybe some people are right now to focus on people that, regardless of pandemic, don't have it easy. And I, that's, I, I don't, I don't want to go off on a, and, and take away from your story at all. I just thought it was a very nice thing that you listed that out. And, I'm, and that you do it, to be honest. I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, a key, a key trait through all of that uh, has been adversity and managing through it. So when I was a young, rebellious teenager, I created that all on my own. And then, uh, you know, throughout my life, I've dealt with some pretty serious, you know, events, as everybody has. I, I don't think my story is better than anybody else, but I think you know, the key trait for entrepreneurs is, you know, how we embrace uh, 
you know, adversity and what we do with it. You know, that nobody cares statement is cliche, but nobody does care. And, uh, you know, if, if you can't kind of embrace that, it's going to be really tough um, through the tough times because there's, there's not, no script in this type of life. And there certainly are no, you know, smooth sailing. Uh, there just isn't. And yeah. sure entrepreneur is shaking their head right now uh, because that's what we signed up for. Uh, but yeah. I'm, it wasn't great to lose my father at 15. But, uh, you know, instead of being a victim, I decided to live in his honor. And, you know, my mother, when she was dying, said, you know, when you're most needy, go give. And she helped, taught me to actually give more when I was most needy. So I was very lucky not to have lost them, but to get those gifts. And they've really shaped who I am today. And, you know, my why is to live on my own terms. That is what I deem successful. So I can be with my my wife of 16 years, who's still my best friend, my kids who I adore, I can play hockey, and I work eight days a week and I find the time. And if you complain, then then you're in the wrong business, right? But we have mm -hmm. crappy moments, but yeah, I mean, that's really um, how you draw a box around, you know, creating something that you want. You know, that's great. Now, um, after, Let's and that that's very good. I don't want to I don't want to take away from the the importance of that, but I do want to understand more about what uh, you're doing now. So, what led you to work with uh, after I guess well after you sold? Was it right away you decided to jump into something new, or was there different things that you've tried, different companies, different ideas that just didn't work out, um, or maybe they did? I don't know. So, walk me through. From after you sold out, sold and after 16 years to I guess Cloudwater, was there some time in between that? Uh, no, and you know, oh. <laughs> you know, if if I walked out of the attorney's office, you know, after the closing, and it was like, hey, you just won the Super Bowl, where are you going? Uh, I mean, I I would have said two things to you. I I'm going to take a break because I need it and deserve it, and I am not operating a company ever again. That those two things were exactly what I said that day. And uh, like I said, you can't script life. I mean, you just, you know, you can try. And uh, I was literally probably uh, a couple of months into, you know, chilling out and I get a knock on the door and it's opportunity. And it's my good friend, Barry Kelman, my co-founder, who I'm forever grateful for. And uh, it actually started out like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of this business, will you help me? And I said, sure, of course I'll help you. And uh, Barry told me about his excitement of, you know, being out West and discovering a trend that was, you know, coming along. I mean, CBD has been around for a long time. So is weed. But now it's starting to come into, you know, food and beverage and, and consumption. And he tried a CBD water at a party and he thought it tastes like crap. What I love about you know, ideas is, you know, there are inventors who come up with, holy crap, that's genius. And then there are people, and I consider myself one of these, is take an idea and just make it exceptional, like blow it out of the park. Because just because it's taken doesn't mean it's being, you know, done in the right way, right? And so uh, Barry, Barry's sister uh, runs a flavor lab in New Jersey, a very reputable one. She's a food scientist for years. And, and he kind of had this notion that we could take this and make it taste great. And, you know, kudos to Barry, because that's exactly what he did. He brought back some CBD samples and uh, Ellie, his sister, 
made some samples. And I remember Barry walking around with this little green bag everywhere. Here, try my drink, try my drink. Um, Barry was challenged in terms of putting this into a plan and making it real, but he knew what, you know, he knew the vision. And so one thing led to another. I introduced Barry to a bunch of people that I thought can help him. And they invited me to uh, what would be the third meeting at Barry's apartment. And this was a marketing guy. This was a guy who's been in cannabis and a food and beverage consultant. They all were unanimous. He's like, they were like, this could be something really special. And I, you know, I tell the story all the time now, but I, you know, I kind of looked over my one sentence I could chime in all night is Barry, just make sure you find a really good CEO because you're not an operator and that's going to make or break your business. And all of a sudden these heads turned to me and I, it wasn't a conscious thing because I would have said, I'll do it. And they all looked at me and said, why not you? And I said, me, I don't know anything about beverage. You know, I'm a data guy. And, you know, the, the three guys left and Barry cornered me. He's like, you're my guy. I want you to be, you know, my co-founder. I want you to build a company. And, you know, and the rest is history, right? And I, you know, I talk about, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good. I didn't think this up. I didn't run over to Barry's and say, oh, my God, we have to do this. In fact, I pushed him back and said, wait a second, before I get myself into something, let me do a little due diligence and so forth. Uh, but, you know, I was able to meet a sister and a bunch of other people who are now on my team. And I was very quickly able to insulate myself from my total ignorance, my blindness <laughs> to what I was getting myself into. But going back to managing your own business, adversity, things like that, those are, those are agnostic when it comes to, you know, building a business. So I was able to bring something to the table, like, you know. Uh, not much, but enough that, you know, we could get this off the ground and, and here we are today. So no plan, no great idea on my part. And uh, as I talk about my team, it's really my team that really makes this a very special business. But as I said, I'm humbled and grateful that I was offered the opportunity and it's in my blood. I couldn't say no. It, it was inconvenient to my chill out. I didn't want to do it, but you know what? I'm more excited today than I've been in my life. I, I love what I do every day. I get up with, you know, excitement every single day. And it's not easy, right? Especially now. No, well, no, it's it's not easy. And it, it's not, first, there's, there's so many not easies in there. It's not easy to start a company. It's not easy to, to build uh, a company in an emerging market. It's not easy to successfully, continuously build and, and keep a company obviously growing and profitable when there's a worldwide pandemic. Like there's a whole bunch of things that are, are weighing against you. And also it's not, it's not your background. It's not, um, it's not what you, what you knew. Like you mentioned, you were a data guy. So I guess my question would be when you start something like this, what, what do you do? What's the playbook for someone to be <laughs> so, so simple? What's the playbook for someone to be successful? Because is it, you said adversity, tenacity, but there must be something, um, there must be some sort of process that you've understood or followed uh, that you consciously or perhaps subconsciously uh, allowed you to be successful um, in the first company. And then that sort of carried over to second company, Cloudwater. I'm wondering if, if you are aware of what that is when you first go into something as an operator, as a CEO into a brand that you don't know. What would be the first things that you you start to understand, take on, and to try and build out in that first take to market? That, that's a great, great question. And I, if, I, if it's okay, I want to spend a minute or two on this from a, a couple of different yeah. angles. So, you know, 
the first, I love giving analogies. You know, I grew up a hockey guy. I still try to play now. And, you know, my younger years, I had my share of fights. And I did very well. Um, and people would ask the same question. The answer was simple. I was terrified. I was scared to get my butt kicked, right? And it motivated me uh, to, you know, do that much more. I was scared to get hit. I was, you know, it's, that's the truth. And in my last business, uh, I was broke. My parents are gone. Nobody cares. If I fail, I fail. And that drove myself and my business partner, John Bednarz, every single day. And we, we were self-funded. So failure wasn't an option. And I can sit here and say I'm brilliant and my pedigree is this. And no offense to that. There are so many brilliant people out there that I admire. But, you know, underneath all of that, uh, there, there has to be a driving force that drives you every single day. It has to be innate. I can't teach somebody to, you know, have that spark, fire, or what have you. Brilliant people can give you ideas. Uh, people can write uh, exceptional financial statements, uh, Gantt charts, and all these things that look good on paper. But underneath, if, if you're not driving yourself by something, right, and I didn't really care what it was. It happened to be fear. And I'm not a very egotistical person, but I'm a very prideful person. And every single day at night after the day is over, I think about our exit. I think about the, the winning, winning the game. And again, not so much from competition because that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to do for my investors and my team. And if I stop thinking about that every day, I think the company will fail. So um, there's a driving force, a fire, a North, a North Star that it, it has to be involuntary. Uh, getting back to earth and practical, how do you, you know, so what do you overlay on that uh, is, you know, and some of this is cliche, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, and in this particular case, like I was, I was, um, I was challenged, right? I didn't have the beverage experience. I didn't, you know, I knew about CBD, but no expertise. And so it forced me because, you know, there was so much pressure on me not to fail and to make this work is to surround myself with the most amazing people. And people that knew their in their lanes, like Ellie for the flavors, our co-packer, um, Hillside Beverage, David Linker and his family, who are also investors in the business. Uh, I had lunch with Carol Dollard, who was the former COO of Vitamin Water. And Carol looked at me and said, I love this. I love the vision. I want in. I couldn't believe that. I mean, again, very lucky. I didn't go to lunch to pitch Carol Dollard to be my COO. She is now our COO. And the list goes on and on. So when I sit at a table now, I have a group of people that all have equity in the business, all organically love the brand, and they're telling me what I need to know, not what I want to hear. And that is where brands fail, you know, just because you raise some money and you can afford a really great agency or this person, you make sure that those stars are aligned very early on, right? And so I was very lucky to get that team together. And uh, you know, everybody talks about execution. Well, of course you have to execute, but the planning is really where execution, you know, is meaningful or not. And, you know, we've been very, very thoughtful about what we're doing, what we're building, how it looks, how it tastes. There's uh, brands out there that I admire. They're way ahead of us. But what I think we have that some other brands don't have is a very, very solid foundation to make it through this time and then build on that because of the thoughtfulness and the planning that we did. And part of planning is knowing that you're gonna get 10 curveballs. You, you can't look, go back to a book and say, wait, what did we say we we're gonna do here? Throw it out because if you're not nimble and thoughtful, 
you're going to get your ass kicked out there. And again, that's where I come from. I don't want to get my ass kicked. So uh, there's a few different components. They all need to come together. And the last thing I just want to say, if that's okay, uh, there's a very, very big difference between being an, an idea entrepreneur and being a CEO. And I was not a CEO at my last company. That was my title. But you don't get to be a CEO until you have really been through adversity, managed people, lost people, made mistakes, cringing at night, like, how did I say that or how did I do that? And really understand what it's like to lead. And leading is not with a microphone and shouting and whatever. Leading is by example and putting yourself in a room where everybody's smarter than you that you're learning from. And when they look at you and say, what do you think? Your ability to make decisions at key moments. I didn't learn that until just a few years ago, as long as I've been in business. And I think we all need to be conscious of that if you want to be successful and be a real CEO. That's, uh, those are very, very good lessons for entrepreneurs. Um, I love, I, I love the, there's a lot to pull out there. I love the, uh, the one that you mentioned about um, surrounding yourself with people with that North Star metric. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of um, CEOs need to listen to uh, and CEO all the way through to successful just to starting out. Because if you have that goal congruence, that goal alignment, that's where I think um, the company can flourish. And that's, you know, running a successful startup is not easy. And I think that to overcome all those ridiculous odds that are positioned against startups, it's a group of incredibly smart people with a little bit of luck, all with that North Star alignment, that, that goal alignment that will eventually allow them to be successful. And I think that that's what that seems to be one of the one of the many things that you've done very well. So I think that that's great that you you pinned that. And I'm and what I like to as you speak through these things, um, you also you also mentioned uh, you mentioned a few things, but it, it it also really helps me understand why the second brand is successful. It also helps me understand why Cloudwater is successful because. When you say, when you speak through your process and what you've come to realize, um, and and you know the role of the CEO and how the CEO is really just the, <laughs> I'm also a hockey, I'm also a hockey guy, but to draw a football analogy, the quarterback of the team, um, I think that that's when you can understand how you can tap into the right the the right people that are smarter than you, that are more skilled than you, and sort of just amass that and then drive the company forward. And I think that's what you're you're doing successfully now. Now, my question um, stems from, I guess, CBD in general. Uh, the, the market for CBD or the industry, let me know if this is accurate or not. So before, before uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, obviously there was a huge surge in the popularity of CBD products. It, it seemed to be almost a little bit of a novelty. I, I thought I noticed some some cooling off of the industry pre-COVID-19 CBD. Is, first question, is that correct? Is, was there a little bit of hype around the industry? And second of all, what will differentiate certain brands and bring them through so that they're not just hype, they're household name products that I can go sell to my mom, grandmother, whatever? I guess that's, that's my question, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's a very insightful way to look at it. Uh, so uh, 
you know, anything that the new shiny toy, especially in this world, you know, if you look at our markets, how they swing up and down and reactionary, we're very reactionary, very, very polarized uh, and myopic at times. And uh, CBD received a huge amount of PR uh, first for its, hey, look at this shiny new toy. And then because of all the FDA and regulatory, uh, you know, um, controversy and so forth. And, you know, those spiked, if that was a hard, you know, a chart, those things were really spiked high. And then, yes, you're right, they started to kind of level off, which, by the way, is fine, because those of us in the industry kind of want a level, predictable framework in which to build our business. None of us have that. Any of my competitors know um, there's no there's no framework or sandbox to work in right now. Um, And uh, what we found during COVID was that, uh, and I, you know, I read a lot of social, I look at not the posts from companies, I look at the comments. That's, you know, if you want real live data, people say, what are you reading these days? I'm reading what people are saying, business leaders and people out there, because that's where you get the real news. Uh, and, you know, people are saying, I don't want to drink every day, or I, you know, they're being honest, I can't be trapped with either my family or my kid, I can't take this. And you have no choice. So what are their antidotes? And CBD has moved to the forefront as one of those, uh, you know, components where people are, you know, either mixing it with alcohol or not. But uh, one pattern that I saw is that they're turning to CBD to help ease their anxiety, their stress and their fear. And not through the news, but through kind of the under channels, which are more meaningful to me and the industry. Uh, it has gained huge popularity. And what we want is for it to organically come into mainstream because people understand it, they, they take the right dosage, and most important, they find it efficacious and impactful because we can't make claims. We don't have enough money to you know, put billboards up and pound our chest. So that undercurrent is actually incredible for them. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there, juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary.
I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, 
the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This industry, and not that anybody didn't predict long, you know, longer tail, this will be huge. But this, to me, sets the right amount of energy behind uh, what, what this component is and how great it is and how impactful it is on people out there. And it's one of the reasons that excited me to be involved because uh, I got a certification in CBD and I was overwhelmed with all the medicinal qualities and opportunities that it has to play in society. And so this is very exciting, actually. I don't want people to suffer. But, um, you know, I love my cocktails, but certainly not, you know, five, six days a week. I need to be lucid. Uh, I drink, you know, I drink cloud and I also take some tinctures at times. CBD is a part of my daily life and it helps me a lot. And I can't make a claim, but according to a lot of people out there, uh, it, it, it's very similar reaction. I think that's great for us. And, and how do you think that um, you, and, and maybe this isn't part of your, your strategy to bring it to market, is the, is the epitome of successfully bringing a CBD product to market being able to curb an older generation's opinion of what CBD is? Is that part of the strategy? If so, how do you do it? Or perhaps that's not even part of the strategy. We're just marketing to people that are, um, I guess, you know, your, your younger generation. Uh, that have already sort of climatized to it. Great question again. You asked really good questions, by the way. So you know, I <laughs> I just ask questions that I want to know the answer to because I want to figure out, like, how do I get you know my grandmother to understand how she can benefit from CBD? It, I I don't know how to do that. So you're a company that sells it. I'm assuming that would be something that hopefully or or maybe you thought through to some extent. That's why I asked these. So yeah. Well, I, you know, I think it, it's not it's not a uh, if we pulled out the top five strategic, you know, kind of bullets of what we're looking to do. Uh, it's it's indirectly uh, part of, you know, educating everybody, uh, you know, vitamin water where Carol came from. I said, who is your consumer? She was like everybody. And, you know, you, you don't go to a marketing meeting and saying we're marketing to everybody. Like, how do you message that? But when you're educating and the entire population from my kids to your grandmother is, wait, is that weed? And what's the difference between hemp and, and this and cannabis is cannabis. And so we want to educate everybody because uh, it, you know, we don't, we don't sell it to kids, but when parents ask me, you know, is it safe? And I say, well, I get, I give it to my kids. And they're like, how do you do that? So, well, because I did a lot of research and I know that uh, the FDA approved Epidiolex and it's given in mega doses to, pediatric seizure patients with, you know, great impact. 
and that uh, my in-laws who started ordering cloud, you know, called us and said, holy crap, I've been taking this, this, and this, and your father's arthritis is like 20, 30, 40% better. And so it's really uh, just continuing to educate without making the claims so people understand that uh, it's age agnostic. Uh, you know, you have a natural CBD receptor mechanism in your body to metabolize CBD and, and it works within naturally within your central nervous system. So it's not like a foreign component or this, you know, fad or what have you it actually, you know, has an impact on you scientifically. And then listen, you know, I, I, maybe I'm part of the older generation now or not. The older we get in generation, the more set in the ways they are and bringing them new things, even like technology, it'd be very difficult to, you know, uh, yeah. to, to throw off on that. But back to your question to stay within the frame, uh, we want to educate everybody. Uh, our data tells us where our sweet spots are, and that's millennials through Gen X. Um, and But we've gotten lately, we've gotten bleeds of data in younger generations, young Gen Z, and even the older generations and the baby boomers. So there is a vast market for this. And I think you educate in a general way. I don't think you educate a millennial differently than you do you know, your grandmother because it's science and they should understand the science. And that's the best way to do it. Like grandma, this is gonna do wonders or whatever. Well, here's an article on you know, people your age and what they say about it and let them peer, you know, see from their peers you know, what's going on and, and so forth. And, and uh, you know, perhaps they'll catch on to the science. I love that, and I love the the focus on on education. Um, I'm, and this is a little bit outside the scope of what you're doing in particular, but I, I would love to pick your brain on this as well. How do you think would be best that we encourage people to adopt more self education as opposed to just taking everything that is taught over? So, how do we encourage people to go? check out different resources, perhaps as part of a marketing strategy for a company that is in an emerging market. It, you know, we're speaking about CBD, but I think technology is, is just as relevant. So how do we get people to go outside the scope of what they know as, as a marketer, as a firm, and get them to, to self-educate, to do their own due diligence, to understand the, the, the gamut of things out there that can impact their life so that it's not just mainstream media that, that tells it over to them? Well, I, my, first, my first reaction was stay away from mainstream media, right? Depends who you, you know, you read, you'll get a lens, right? And there's, yeah. uh, you know, different motivations there. Um, you know, everything is accessible right now through technology. And whether it's the WHO or the Harvard, you know, business, uh, medical journal, or um, universities that are creating studies. Uh, they should have a lot of dots and little letters and not be easy to read. But in there are scientific results, good, bad, or ugly, right? And do not you know, read marketing claims, ours or anybody else's. Uh, the only thing that you would wanna read from, uh, you know, to answer that question, I don't wanna knock what we're doing, but we put our lab results on our website and it shows the purity of the CBD and the lack of heavy metals or pesticides. And so make sure you're getting a pure form of that ingestible, number one. And then, uh, you know, read the studies, read the medical studies and the science. And uh, overwhelmingly, uh, they are positive. And everything can have a side effect. You can't make one thing for the whole population 
but there have been no deaths. There have been no overdoses. It's not toxic. There's not, you can't get addicted to it. And the WHO in articles publishes this. And what forces myself and our competitors when we educate is this is what we have to point to. We can't say drink cloud water. It's going to, you know, take your stress away. That's a claim. We can't make that. Uh, while I think we should be able to at some point because the science is there, we have to say studies show by the Harvard Medical Journal show that this has done this or this came out or this article. And it kind of forces people into those articles too if they really want to say, well, I don't believe this guy. Let me go make sure, you know, this is right. And, you know, we, we founded this company on the premise and our why is we want to help be part of the process to empower people to take health and wellness into their own hands. And being part of that process is not just saying, hey, drink cloud water, it's great, it's 25 milligrams of CBD, is to understand what they're putting in their body and why, and make conscious decisions. There's no more empowering feeling to say, I did research and I've been through the medical system with some illnesses, and I didn't just show up at the doctor and say, all right, fix me. I was effing empowered and knew everything they were doing and that helped me through the process, right? This, mm -hmm. There's no difference here. Understand what you're taking and don't believe all the marketing hype because that's all it is. Very good. I, and, I, and that's a really, really good answer. And I think that just like the to empower yourself um, for, for new products and for, for existing, you know, uh, I think that when, whenever there's something that's impacting our body, um, it's very important to do, to do your own research to an extent. But the the feeling of of researching reviewing all of these uh, medical uh, journals and whatnot peer reviewed journals and then you can optimize your life you can optimize the way you feel you can reduce your stress reduce your anxiety uh, increase your performance depending on you know what you're trying to accomplish um, there's a lot of ways that uh, it's a cheesy term but you know you you biohack your 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 existence so you can be a better and, and feel better just in everything you do and i think that that's something that a lot of people uh unfortunately just default to traditional medicine and nothing wrong with that by any means you know you want to trust the people that have the phd in their name but i think there's a lot of ways that you can improve your life that probably don't require uh you know you going to the doctor just because you broke a bone or you got a you got a sickness or whatnot there's a lot of other ways you can improve your energy and whatnot and it's, these are these are so like this is like a whole other topic like you know like stress anxiety energy management um for performance like these are all things that you know we could talk about all day and there's there there we can go on tangents about different ways to make your life better but um just the fact that you can do that and you can understand that process and you know the sources to go to that's that's very important so thank you. I appreciate you bringing that up. That was a very, uh, I didn't mean to go there, but that was really good. Hey, well, you um, said we're going to yeah. go where we go, right? This is yeah, exactly. Exactly. Conversation. I mean, I could talk good. about cloud water all day long, but I think I think the universe we live in is just as important, you know, and, and why we're here, why we exist, why anybody should give a crap to listen to this or yeah. uh, look at our product. So, you know, that's that's more important to me, to be honest. Well, I wanted to, yeah, so the product's, the product's great. And, and, you know, like you're the CEO of the company. You obviously are extremely passionate and love the product. And I, I, I respect that completely. What I wanted to pull out was why, why cloud water is even a thing, why CBD is even a thing, why any of these companies even care, and why you should care as somebody listening, somebody trying to improve their life, some aspect of their life, whatever it may be. Um, and this is, you know, this is obviously one of, 
thousands of products that are CBD focused. And I, I really want, you know, you mentioned before, it'll be, it'll be good for CBD. It'll be good for cannabis when the market levels out and when there's less interest, because then that's when you can run a reliable, sustainable and repeatable and then eventually scalable business. Um, it's, it's hard to, it, and it's also less stressful for the consumer when there's less hype and more tangible, you know, meat on the bone, so to speak. And I think that will be uh, comforting for people that want to try something. For example, grandmother, who's never been in it when the hype is gone. And then it's just like the, the products that are, are true and have, you know, been around for not, not many CBD products have been around for 10 years, right? So when you start getting into those products that have been around for some time, now that'll make everyone a little bit more comfortable, I think, um, if they already aren't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel for the consumer uh, just because there's been this incredible mad rush, you know, to slap uh, CBD on a label and call yourself a yeah. CBD company. And, you know, I love competition, but you're exactly right. You know, with hype comes uh, a rush, a lot of confusion. And then on the backdrop of people still trying to get comfortable with the, you know, different differentiators between hemp and cannabis which is exactly the same plant by the way same everything the 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 concentration of uh, thc is the only difference and hemp is much lower and then we can derive the cannabinoid cbd and others from that and and then uh in our case we we take out all the thc so we're completely thc free meaning 0.0 the legal limit is 0.3 percent so there's no get high and that's why cbd really took off um you know, cannabis has had a stigma and then went kind of commercial. And here we are in this legalization process. But I would say I don't I don't I'm not an expert on the ratio. So I'm just going to this is a non-scientific. Yeah. I'd say for every person that gets high, there's at least 10 that don't want to get high. And, yeah. you know, but cannabis, uh, if you filter out the get high stuff, there's amazing properties in CBD. And and that's really why it took off, because like, yeah. wait have the properties of this stuff and not get high and it can help me do this i mean why shouldn't it be popular right and uh that's certainly you know you know um you know why we exist and i think in a in, like in a more predictable market with better education people can make choices and invariably in these type of dynamics you'll get that mad rush and there will be a, a fizzling out you know, there will be a clean out of companies that, you know, were just more excited to get into the space and really didn't think about, you know, the longer term or how they can differentiate. You go down the aisle and there's so many packages that look the same now. And it's like, well, why do I pick this one over this one? And uh, so, you know, I don't want to give my competitors a leg up, but if you're not differentiating from day one, you're just part of the pack and good luck, right? Because yeah. you, your price, um, that's not a war you want to fight if you don't have quality, you know, integrity in your ingredients and a reason why somebody should pick up your, you know, your vessel, your package and, and, and take your drink. So we've taken a different approach um, in, as I said, in terms of how we're going to market and how we're approaching the market. And uh, it's painful. I'm not going to lie. We're slow. Um, we're steady and it's painful. Uh, but I want my investors and people to know that it's part of our, it's part of our, this has been pre-thought out. And when we hit the gas pedal, which we're about to do, we're going to go. And so we've kind of held back the horse, right? So that 
as we see, you know, that opening, we're going to go for it. And we know that our packaging is right. Our ingredients are right. We got the flavor profiles right. We got our price points right. The supply chain is ready for scale. All things that'll kill a brand in one day, by the way. Yeah. If, you know, if you don't get those right. So hopefully I'm answering your question. Maybe You are. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no right or wrong answers to these questions. Um, uh, you're, you're great to interview and, and you're bringing in a lot of really great points and things that I don't even touch on, um, things that can kill a company before they start all these, all these data points and these things that have been thought through, I think are, are just, you know, it's great to listen to this because it just shows like I speak to a variety of, I, I speak to a variety of people, but a lot of them are business focused, some within organizations, some outside of organizations. And I just like when you, you tap into somebody that clearly has an entrepreneurial bug, they, they know how to build a business, they've tackled some of these problems, and you hear similar, you, you hear similar things from people that have been very successful, and that, you know, I hope that when people listen to this, there's, there are, like, key takeaways. You may not be in CBD, of course, but there's so many key takeaways that you can take from this, and if you want to start something, if you, if, even if you're, if, even if you could be an employee in an early stage, as long as you have some influence on where the company's going to some extent, or uh, you know, you could even try and, and incorporate some strategies for tenacity, uh, overcoming adversity, and building out process and scalability within an own department. If you're working within an organization, you just—it's just about framing it and understanding how the lessons sort of apply to your own personal situation and your own personal context in life. And that's really what I hope that some people are able to do. And that's really the goal of this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess to uh, when, whenever I sort of, that was incredible and a lot of really good lessons. When I close these down, what I like to do is first, um, I just want to give you the floor to mention anything about, um, I'm going to give you a floor for like just two seconds. And then I'm going to just ask some like life insight questions or life lessons you've learned. But for, for Mark, you, like what you know what are you doing uh what what's your what's your north star metric uh where do you want to take cloud water is cloud water the last venture you said you you know the last venture was the last venture um but uh you know where do you want to go in the future where do you want to take cloud water and where do you want to end up eventually yeah um i'm not going to say great question anymore because it's going to sound like i'm just kissing your butt but uh <laughs> it's all good i i appreciate the positive feedback that's no worries don't worry i i reserve the right to change my answer because i told you what i said coming out of the last sale but yeah uh, you know as i said i i think about our exit every day and meaning that means that we have to get the company to there's a lot of things that have to go into that we have to get it to mainstream which are on our way uh, people need to continue to love our you know, this product, we'll have other products. We're cloud water brands. We're not going to be limited to just this. We have some really great stuff we're working on now. Um, and, you know, I do see I do see this business scaling a little bit slower than some other businesses, but more meaning, meaningfully over time. And there's some risk in there because you need money along the way. But, um, you know, we set up the books and records from day one to be clean. We set up our strategy uh, to be, you know, pretty focused, but nimble. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to stray from our why. And we think our why is, is great. You know, why we exist, why we're different and how we do it very thought out. And so far the, the feedback has not only proved our concept, it's given us more energy and confidence to keep going. And I 
to me, whether we're doing a dollar a day or a million a day, those things, again, are what excite me at night to say, this is starting to come together. So I don't have a time frame. I'm not rushing. Uh, but I, I do believe that um, this company will be very successful. Um, I think we've done too many great things. And I, I say that humbly, you know, for this not to work. And uh, I, I, I do foresee us being picked up by, you know, there's a multitude of acquirers that can do it. But I never build a business to sell it. It is the biggest mistake you can make. It's like dressing up for whatever. You build fundamentals, you build value, you build long-term. You become a lot more sellable than to say, I'm just here to sell the company. So I want to be very clear. It's not what motivates me. But I think about the exit. Uh, it's yeah. like winning the championship. You got to get to the playoffs first, right? So game by game, yeah. So that's that's how where I see us, um, you know, over the next two to five years, I don't know. I, I'd be lying. I have no idea. We're just going to keep grinding because we love what we do. That's very good. Very good. And that's a, that's a very noble motive. Um, and it's very important that you said that because um, a lot of companies, I find, especially in emerging markets, do build to sell. So it's nice that you differentiated. And I, you know, it's, it, I, I, feel, I feel the passion. And I think that the passion stems from somebody who just likes building really, really great businesses. You, the first, like you, you know, you were there for 16 years originally. So at, at onboard, so you, you know, that's not, uh, that's not building to, for a quick exit by any means. So that's obviously the way you operate. So just, you know, the people that work with you are very fortunate that they have a, a you know, a leader like that. Very good. Um, I'm yeah. grateful for that statement. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, no, you see all kinds, and I've worked. Uh, I've worked in. I've worked in a variety of companies over my career. I've worked with a ton of different types of entrepreneurs and all different types of personalities. And yeah, the 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 worst kind of entrepreneur is the one who knows how to be successful, the one who has the capital, the one who can sell to the investors, but and and the one who sells the story to the employees, uh, sells the vision, but just has the plans to exit and doesn't isn't transparent with that with the with the that's the worst kind of entrepreneur ever so um yeah no i appreciate that immensely and you know you've, you've proven it out uh with with onboard informatics and what you've done in the past so um awesome good job um not to not to tell you that uh, it's things you don't already know but uh, that's very it's very uh, noble um what was i going to say uh, one question i like to ask is just you know you you've had a great career um one lesson that you would tell your younger self um, that would help you today? Uh, you know, I used to say, uh, you know, if I can revisit some of my mistakes, but as I get older, um, you know, cer certainly never want to hurt people or what have you, we make mistakes, but I'll take every single one of them again, right? I mean, to sit here and hear you say that and you think I know it, maybe I, maybe I do, but it's always great to hear. I'm so mired and working so hard. It's really nice to sit back and, and hear something that, that I, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, somebody actually pulled me aside and well, I think always invest in yourself and always believe in yourself. I've had a lot of trouble listening to my gut over time and that's kind of how I was raised some adversity and, and I, if I could go back and tell my younger self is it's right there. You're, that answer is right there. And I'm not talking about a mathematical one or, you know, figuring out your gross margin. I'm talking about people, your instinct, you know, directionality. It's right there. You don't need anything else. And 
it, that cost me a lot in life uh, and led to some mistakes, which I, you know, I embrace. But if I could do anything over again, there, there's things I could have avoided by just listening to myself. And so, I mean, that's what sticks out on, on the cuff to your question. And I think about that a lot. And I think I've improved that in terms of listening to my instinct and not being afraid to make a mistake, right? And not being afraid to fail, even though I don't want to, is you're going to make mistakes. So, but listen to yourself because you forgive yourself pretty quickly when you do that. Mm -hmm. Good, good advice. Um, very good advice. Uh, is there any um, book, resource, person, podcast, Audible uh, that you would recommend to people that are listening that you're tapped into now or something you've read in the past that uh, was a really good read? Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't read a book lately. I, I bought a bunch. Uh, I haven't had time. Uh, I think the best resources I've been able to get right now uh, is really just going on, just reading some business leaders, what they're doing now. That, yeah. Yeah. It's like managing through adversity 2020. That book isn't written yet. It's going on right now, right? And there's, uh, you know, you can read a book that was published last year. It may be dated already. And no, you know, there's great elements in books on execution and planning and team and inspirational people. Geez, like Simon Sinek is wow. But there's no book. You turn the page now. There's no there's no written element about what's happening tomorrow. And so. I keep up really on people I admire, people I've worked with in the past, people who tend to whatever they touch turns to gold. You know, what are they doing? How can I find inspiration? Not afraid to emulate a great idea. It doesn't have to be my idea. And so I'm, you know, reading what people out there are saying. What are the real feelings, not through the media, uh, you know, through COVID, through their fears, through this is how you reach a community and talk to them with, with a genuine, you know, not cite a quote from a book. And again, no offense. They just want to hear realness. They want the real thing today. And that's what's inspired me. And Russ Johns is great. Adam Posner, uh, you know, this podcast is amazing. Listen to what people are doing. And I don't, listen, I have one little angle here. There's amazing people out there that can give you perspective. And I'm glad to be a part of this, but also I'm a fan and a listener and, you know, a student because, you know, you got to learn every single day. And right now there's a ton of information to teach you uh, about, yeah. you know, this new world. And, and also you have all the smartest people that are also trying to actively learn themselves because no one's ever had to deal with things like this before. So this is not, like you mentioned, this is, the book may be outdated. This is why you want to tap into those people, how they're figuring out and solving for their problems. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where do people find more about, uh, about yourself, about Mark, LinkedIn, about Cloudwater? Where do they go? What are the, uh, the places to go? Sure. And, and look, uh, just... Just so everybody knows, Cloudwater, uh, and this is fine, but, you know, if it's okay, but it, it is a premium sparkling uh, hemp-infused drink with 25 milligrams of hemp extract, which is CBD. comes in four flavors, uh, grapefruit, mint, and basil, blood orange, coconut, uh, blackberry, lemon, and rosemary. And then we took a really hard turn to the right and made an Aztec chocolate and strawberry in a black bottle that has spice and sweet. And again, we dare to be different and took, you know, uh, and, and took a risk. Uh, you can find us uh, at Cloudwater CBD uh, on social. Uh, our website's cloudwaterbrands.com. Uh, we have sampler packs that where you can just try the beverage, or if you like it, there's you know cases, lots of specials going on. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Mark Seiden, and uh, yeah, 
I'm not going to get my cell phone out today, but <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. It's not a requirement to be on this show. <laughs> you, could, you could definitely find me one of those ways, and uh, would love more people in our community. Uh, I, um, you know, I'm crazy. If somebody writes a bad review, I write to them, and I want to talk to them. I want to understand. I'm up late at night DMing with people. I I want to com- connect to the community, uh, and uh, you know, so if anybody has questions or I can help out. Uh, I'm usually the person behind those, even though, you know, it's a that's a committed CEO. That's a very committed CEO. So love what I do, it's not a job to me. I love this. I, it's not yeah. a job. That's all for today. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Success Story Podcast. You can download or stream this podcast wherever podcasts are available, including iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many others. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. If you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, and peers. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. It takes about 30 seconds as it allows other people to find our podcast and lets our amazing guests reach even more people with their message. And remember, any rating is fine as long as it contains five stars. I'm Scott Clary from the Success Story Podcast, signing off. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs, no more servers, no more updates, just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com 
Amazon.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935 and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed 
on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 